106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. My generation got our driver's license at 14, had a job at 16, and moved out at 17. Your generation is still trying to define what a woman is and living in your parents' basement until you're 35. My generation grew up on uncensored everything. Your generation censors everything. My generation shot guns, rode dirt bikes, and went camping for fun. Your generation stares at your phone all day and dances on the internet in your sister's underwear. My generation knew how to make decisions, important ones. Your generation can't even decide which bathroom to use. My generation wants the truth and the facts, no matter how uncomfortable they are. Your generation is so offended that the truth and the facts don't support whatever outlandish bull is floating around in your imagination that you've started labeling everything that you don't agree with as misinformation. My generation has two genders. Your generation has 89,347 and counting. Seriously, listen close. Blockbuster is closed. Kmart is closed. Sears is closed. Radio Shack is closed. Toys R Us is closed. The largest transportation provider in the U.S. doesn't own a single car. Uber. The largest movie provider in the world doesn't own a single movie theater. Netflix. The largest hotel provider in the world doesn't own a single hotel. Airbnb. The largest retailer in the world doesn't own a single store, Amazon. If you haven't realized by now that you can run a home-based business without having your own product or service, here's your sign. Biden won the Democratic election. I said, this election's rigged. I said it before the election. She goes, why? I said, do you think people who have spent the last four years inventing charges trying to get rid of Trump are going to put up Sleepy Joe and let him get landslided? Do you think they're that stupid? If Trump beat Hillary, they, they, you think the people in charge of the world really believe Sleepy Joe's going to do it? He didn't even campaign the whole time because they all knew it was in the bag. They said to Joe, don't worry, my friend. It's in the bag. Take a nap. And what's interesting is about three months ago, there was a military coup in Myanmar. And I looked into it a bit. And the reason the military took over is because they said the elections were rigged. The two political parties in Myanmar were around 51%, 49% back and forth for a while. Until the 90s, when one political party became very good friends with the Clintons. Since then, they've won every single year by a huge margin. And the military is now taking the country back, saying all the elections are rigged. No one's voting for these people, and they keep winning. Do you know what voting machines they use? Which was the same as the United States. So now I realize the whole thing. Now every, now I know it's all Fake. Tucker Carlson has left Fox News and I see this as a great harbinger. The beginning of the end for the mainstream. Two of the highest profile cable hosts out of a job. Oh yeah, and Don Lemon left CNN as well. Tucker Carlson, who was regularly drawing three million viewers a night, parted ways with Fox News. And then just an hour later, Don Lemon tweeting he is out at CNN. Where Tucker Carlson goes next will inform us a great deal about our political landscape. If he joins an independent news organization, that's going to be fascinating. It will demonstrate where the power is moving and it will show us why authoritarian centralized systems of power are doubling down on trying to censor, control, surveil, prohibit, smear, destroy any alternative voices because they recognize that now we can all communicate instantaneously and challenge any narratives that they put forward. That's why they've become ultra propagandist. We have a world that realizes we have a president that can barely put together complete sentences, appears incoherent, oftentimes doesn't even know where he is in many cases in some of these places. 
that allowed spy balloons to be flown over our head, that abandoned billions of dollars of American military equipment left over into the hands of the Taliban, and spends all day talking about electric vehicles and solar panels that he knows we're going to have to buy from China. We have a justice system that indicts uh, political opponents and former presidents and leading presidential candidates, a justice system that infiltrates uh, sources and tries to spy on Catholic churches, but allows criminals to destroy San Francisco and Baltimore and Detroit and Washington, D.C. and Los Angeles and Manhattan, you name it. We have a military that doesn't spend its time talking about new weapon systems or how to care for veterans that are committing suicides at historic rates. They spend their time talking about transgender issues and uh, all kinds of racial disparity stuff, not defending our country. We have a media that's become a joke. A media that's wasted two and a half years of our time on a Russia collusion uh, situation. Then they moved on from that uh, to cover up the Hunter Biden situation. That's now a full-blown investigation. Our universities are a forum for crazy things to happen. You can't even speak on a university campus. People being assaulted by men uh, wearing dresses and these violent protests and shutting down speech. And, and, and our culture, what is what we focused on as a culture? We're focused on the fact that now some man pretending to be a woman gets paid millions of dollars to sell Nike sports bras and Bud Light. So the world looks at that and says, this place is a laughing stock, and they react to it. And I could go on for an hour about all the things that we are, we are being embarrassed on the world stage. Our adversaries are taking advantage of it, and our friends are saying, hey, we may have to go on on our own here because these guys look like they're about to commit societal suicide. Hostages Radio, and this is episode 215, and it will appear on May 13, 2023. You can reach me at 530-713-1838, phone or text, that's 530-713-1838, or you can reach me by our email connected to our website. It's called lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. Lou at NoHostagesRadio.com. You can also look at that website for previous podcasts that are stashed over there. Thank you for listening, and we will be here for uh, six 20-minute segments and some clips interspersed. And uh, I wanted to start off by talking uh, about an issue that is in California, where I live in Northern California, the left coast. And uh, But you face the same things in your, your uh, city, your county, or your state, this happens, happens to affect uh, all of our 58 counties in California. And uh, we, uh, most states have property taxes. If you own a piece of property, you have to pay some sort of taxes on it every single year. Though you paid for the property once or you're paying for it, you just have to pay for the privilege of residing with that piece of property. So... Um, what happened in 1978 is they, uh, a couple of fellows, Paul Gann and Howard Jarvis, uh, put together a referendum, and that was Proposition 13, to uh, delineate or establish a plan on how properties were to be assessed uh, each year. 
and I don't have time to uh, get into details of that. If you just if you just uh, do a search on California Proposition 13, 1978, you'll see a tidy little explanation. What that did is saved property owners thousands and thousands of dollars as the years went by, and it also set a uh, a regulator on how much uh, property taxes could go up year by year as as property inflated. So uh, there were a number of benefits to Prop 13. I'm not going to spend much time on all of them. You can read about it yourself. But one of the things that I wanted to focus on is the fact that uh, it eliminated a death tax. The death tax has traditionally been known as a tax uh, that when the owner of the property passed uh, and they, they handed off through inheritance or a will their property to uh, the next generation or this next generation it could be children or if the children were not available any longer, maybe the grandkids. And so as the property was handed off, uh, typically when properties changes hands in California, then the assessor reassesses and brings the, the base amount of what the property was assessed at when it was purchased many, many years ago, maybe up to the current market value. So the new owner has to pay the current market value and uh, tax as a tax base, but uh, with Prop, Prop 13 protected people's uh, the building of wealth through real estate, uh, and the way it did that is you could give your property to the next generation or the next generation, and they would be able to inherit the same basis that you bought the property for back in the day, and so they wouldn't get a big. Uh, spike in taxes all of a sudden that they could not afford and maybe even be forced to sell the property. So as the years went by, uh, there's been attempts every single year by by politicians to undermine Prop 13 and to get more money from people, uh, taxpayers here. And up up till 2020, what happened was uh, some uh, special interests put proposition 19 on the ballot it was in 2020 and uh it, it had a huge ad campaign that emphasized tax benefits for wildfire victims disabled people and seniors and the way they were going to do that is to remove the benefits or the restrictions on how uh, property could move from one generation to another and uh, so typically i don't know how it is in your state but in california the, the uh, tax measures and all other kind of measures are tilted or described in deceptive ways to get you to vote for them, often without knowing exactly what you're voting for unless you really study it. So Prop 19, as I mentioned, pitched in a big way, oh, we're going to stop, we're going to help wild, wildfire victims, we're going to help disabled people, we're going to help seniors. What it failed to mention was it was going uh, to repeal the constitutional protections uh, brought about in two propositions that that uh, filled in loopholes, closed loopholes of Prop 13, and that was Prop 58 and Prop 193. Both of them were air, uh, ways that that people, the government would be hindered in its way to tax people. So Prop 19 effectively reinstated a death tax. 58 and 193 removed uh, those death tax uh, benefits to the state. And so basically people said in those in 58 and 119, 193, the propositions, uh, we don't think 
the property should have a death tax on it. We believe that our, our heirs, our children and our grandchildren should get the benefit of all our hard work and, and, and saving and building of wealth. And so what happened is Prop 19 um, was supported uh, by the typical people, the big unions, politicians, etc. And it was supported by James Gallagher, who is our uh, representative up here for District 3. And he's he's portrayed as a conservative, but he endorsed this uh, deceptive proposition that sounded like it was going to help elderly people, disabled people, and wildfire victims. But it it did not say that you're going to get slammed uh, by a reevaluation of your property, and probably in many cases your heirs will not be able to hold on to your property, and they will have to pay the taxes and go out and borrow money or sell the property to get out from under the taxes. So the reassessment of long-held family properties to market value upon the debts of a parent means children who can't come up with the cash, it says, to pay the annual property tax bill will be forced to sell the family property. That's the outcome. So what happened, uh, that narrowly, narrowly passed, and the great disappointment was the few Republicans we have in California. Uh, we have one uh, representing us in Yuba and Sutter counties and a few other counties up here altogether is one district, District 3. And the unfortunate thing is that James Gallagher is a, uh, you know, he's got an R after his name, but he, he he's a Democrat in his actions often in, in uh, Sacramento. So uh, the interesting thing is that uh, there was a, a bill uh, that was put up recently by Kelly Sayarto. He's a Republican from Murrieta, California, and it was SCA uh, 4, SCA 4, to go back and change the Constitution uh, to, to reverse what Prop 19 did and give people back uh, or remove the death tax. And uh, so it, it would simply said it would protect California families from ruinous tax increases when a parent passes away. It will also protect tenants who live in family-owned apartment buildings because Prop, because Prop 19, uh, and when somebody passed, mom and dad passed, landlords, uh, you know, if the taxes go up, uh, tenants have to pay more money. So it hurt poor people as well. NCA, uh, the SCA four uh, that was going through committee here recently needed a two thirds vote in the assembly and in the Senate to go to get on the ballot. Then we would have to uh, pass it as uh, citizens of California with a simple majority. Unfortunately, SCA, which the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association was supporting, uh, never made it. It was it was not voted positively out of the committee. And I thought, oh, well, I see that uh, this guy named Kelly Sayardo is supporting it. And I thought, well, maybe after all these uh, all this talk, maybe uh, James Gallagher would have had a change of heart because I was talking to a fellow the other day and he said, oh, I was, he listened to you on the radio or on the podcast. And he said, I've seen you're making some comments about James. Generally, I support him. He's actually a relative of ours. And I said, well, actually, I wouldn't support a relative that would behave like James. And uh, I said, I, my view probably isn't going to make a difference one way or the other, but I'm just going to tell it how it is, regardless of how the outcome is. So I looked up who this, you know, on a bill, there, there's usually the author of the bill, and then there are sponsors that uh, get, get on the bill as well and uh, support it. 
to try to get more momentum for the bill. So we had Senator Kelly Sayardo, as I mentioned. This is a state bill. And then we had an assembly member named Mike Gibson, Gibson, sorry, Gibson. And he happens to be a Democrat assembly member. Um, then you have assembly member Philip Chin. Um, he's a Republican. Then you have Roger Niello. Uh, he's also a senator. Uh, and I, I believe he represents our area now. Then you have assembly member Vince Fong. He's a Republican a, as well. The, the notable name missing is James Gallagher, who now has not endorsed. Uh, now not only endorsed the removal or the create of our benefits in prop 13 and created a death tax. He now is doubling down. And so SC four, uh, did not pass and Gallagher could have put his name on here, but he didn't. So now Howard Jarvis taxpayers association is they're going to, uh, they're announcing an initiative where in California you can get uh, signatures on a petition the public can do that. And uh, if they get enough, enough signatures, they can get uh, this uh, issue back on the ballot. So if you go to, if you're a Californian, if you go to this website, it's www.obviously.org, or you could just ignore that and put repeal the death tax. Pretty simple. All one word. No special punctuation. Just repeal the death tax.com. And when you go there, there should be a, a some sort of an icon where it says volunteer. I just did it. I just went to there, and I clicked on volunteer. It asked for my contact information, and then it had a place for me to make comments down below. And I said I would help them on the radio and on the podcast and also uh, get them some signatures. So uh, please, if you're a Californian, uh, please take action and go to repeal the death tax and or if you, you want to read all about it, you can go to HJTA.org. I just got a news release today. I'm, I'm working on this on the uh, this show here on the 10th doing my part. So I just got it on my email today where they said, unfortunately, SCA dot, uh, SCA four in the Senate Governance and Finance Committee failed to get out of the committee. So we're going to have to take it back into our own hands, just like we did back in 1978. And we shocked the nation. And and actually instigated or inspired a lot of people around the country to do the same thing in their their jurisdiction, wherever they were. So um, please do that. And, uh, you know, it's interesting to me how many of our uh, representatives uh, do things that we would never support, but we're ignorant or we we're naive or we just don't know what happened. We don't know. What we don't know. So it's not it's not. Oh, we're bad people. It's just, hey. Uh, it's tough to keep up with uh, keeping your kids in school, keeping them healthy, keeping a business going, paying for all your the expenses of wherever you live in the world, and keep up with politicians that promised you they were going to take care of you uh, because they because your beliefs, your values are their values. Now, I'm sure if you're a Republican in this area of Northern California, if the, and they put. Prop 19 back on the ballot and said this is going to create a death tax, it would not have passed. The only way this passed is they had to lie. And James Gallagher was a part of that deception in endorsing it. So I just want to get that out of the way and get everybody out because we're going to need millions of signatures. And so please go to that, that website and get involved. Listen, 
You know, it's interesting. I'm fascinated all the time with things that could save a person's life or things that uh, could uh, save them thousands of dollars, right? They'd, they'd rather go out and take a second and third job. But if I tell them a way to save thousands of dollars by spending, donating 25, 35, 45, 50, $100 to HJTA.org, they won't donate a thing. And they'll just, if they lose their tax benefits, which they did with Prop 19, it cost them a lot of money to lose that. Um, they just go on with their life. No big deal. That's called stupid people. There's a spirit of stupid on the world. And I've seen it over and over in politics where people won't do a thing and they'll just be passive. That's what Samuel Adams was saying. You're not really an American by the, by the description of the founding fathers. If you're willing to be, be happy with being a slave, uh, that's not America. Uh, that's something else. And uh, he just says, uh, may history forget about you. <laughs> it's, I, he, he, it's his writing, my, not mine, but I totally am inspired by it. So uh, John Marshall in 1819, I've been saying this quite a bit lately as well, and unlimited power to tax, which right now the government pretty much has, involves necessarily a power to destroy because there is a limit beyond which no institution and no property can bear taxation. So uh, the government in this country, whether it's a city, whether it's a county, or whether it's a state or the federal, they actually use fees and penalties and taxes to to break people's businesses. And my friend Randy Mitchell, I've been on the phone with him, I've been on the phone with a city council member at Yuba City to get some relief because because Randy stayed open to support about 40 barbers and cosmetologists and about a hundred and more than a hundred children and spouses during COVID because none of them had any income because of that. Gavin Newsom has taken away their licenses and now trying to forbid them to do their trade in the state of California. In other words, they have to leave. They can't make any money here. And so Randy Mitchell at uppercut barbershop, uh, in five counties, four counties, five shops, I think here, Yuba, Placer, Butte, uh, Sutter, um, Yuba, Placer, Butte, Sutter. Yeah, four counties, five shops. And they're having all kinds. They're trying to sue him in court. They're trying to get district attorneys to file COVID criminal charges against him for cutting hair when, when supposedly there was a virus in the air. And now they're trying to uh, sue him for over $100,000 in Placer County Court because uh, of his disobedience to the state, cutting hair while COVID was in, ha- was in, was in town, uh, they are going to sue him for $122,000 in change plus court costs. So now he's, trying to get a, uh, he's been trying to get a business license over in Yuba City and trying to go over there and pay it, but he doesn't quite fit the, 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 uh, the little box, and he's been having the dickens of a time to get a, uh, a business license because what Gavin Newsom's doing with his consumer affairs is they put pressure on the landlords of the property where he's working in. He rents the property to f- throw him out because he's not a licensed barber, although he's been a barber for 20 years with a license. They took his license away only for one reason. That's because he cut hair during COVID. And so now they're trying to force landlords to throw him out. They're subpoenaing, subpoenaing the um, the agreements between the landlord and the tenant. Now 
they are trying to get the city of Yuba City to not allow them to have a business license and then have them bring an action against them. So members of the city are going to get together on Friday, and we'll just see how that all works out. But what we're talking about is the crushing of people who are standing up for their own rights with free speech, etc., which is what Randy did. So um, he said an unlimited power to tax involves necessarily a power to destroy because there is a limit beyond which no institution and no property can bear tax taxation. I wanted to read you a story that uh, touched me. I thought it was a wonderful story. And uh, it says our 14-year-old dog, Abby, died last month. The day after she passed away, my four-year-old daughter, Meredith, was crying and talking about how much she missed Abby. She asked if we could write a letter to God so that when Abby got to heaven, God would recognize her. I told her that I thought we could do so, and she dictated these words. Dear God, will you please take care of my dog? She died yesterday and is with you in heaven. I miss her very much. I'm happy that you let me have her as my dog, even though she got sick. I hope you'll play with her. She likes to swim and play with balls. I'm sending a picture of her, so when you see her, you'll know that she's my dog. I really miss her. Love, Meredith. So they put the letter in an envelope with a picture of Abby and Meredith and addressed it to God in heaven, and they put a return address on it. Then Meredith pasted several stamps on the front of the envelope because she said it would take lots of stamps to get the letter all that way. That afternoon, she dropped it in the letter, a mailbox at the post office. A few days later, she asked if God had gotten the letter yet, and I told her that I thought he probably had, the, the mother's speaking as I. Yesterday, there was a package wrapped in a gold paper on our front porch addressed to Meredith in an unfamiliar hand. Meredith opened it. Inside was a book by Mr. Rogers called When a Pet Dies. Taped to the inside front cover was the letter we had written to God in its opened envelope. On the opposite page was a picture of Abby and Meredith and this note, Dear Meredith. We're going to end our f first segment right now. I'll finish the letter in just a minute. going here in the UK this morning and already the madness is upon us. We have the clip of the lady, whatever her name is, I don't care to learn it, saying that the balcony at the coronation was terribly white. Well, breaking news, love, you don't get to use the word terribly as a preface for the word white. It was actually representative of that family and indeed much of England. Just because you're used to seeing shows like Strictly, where unless you're a one-armed 
um, signing paraplegic, ideally in a wheelchair and ticking some sort of diversity box. You don't get to be on the show. In fact, the very reason you're probably on the sofa being a commentator is because you're ticking that diversity box yourself. Couldn't you just say something nice just for one day? Second up, we can't find Larry. Where is Larry? Larry Page, the co-founder of Google. You know, Google, Google as in Google Maps, Google that knows where you are at every moment, Google that wants to know your location, Google that wants to have you with your location services on, uh, Google that shares your location with others and sells your information and your whereabouts to advertisers and sends one of those pervy little cars around your neighbourhood so it can film your home and you in your garden without your permission. Yes, that Google, that same Google, the co-founder has gone missing because they need to serve him papers for any involvement in the paedophile ring of Epstein. And yet no one can find Larry. Isn't that quite the thing? And then finally, in America, the Reparations Committee has just decided that every single black uh, Californian should receive $1.2 million. That's not law just yet, but that's the recommendation. $1.2 million just for being a black person and being in California. And this will be paid to every single black person who has never been a slave in their life by every single Californian taxpayer who has never owned a slave in their life. And there's an argument at that reparations committee that that is not enough. That, my friends, is what we're waking up to this morning and it's not even 10.30. The attack that my Democrat colleagues breathlessly repeat is that Clarence Thomas stayed at the vacation home of a very close friend of his, a successful Texas businessman, flew on his plane and went on his yacht. Well, if that's the standard, going and traveling and being paid for by others, then guess what? Just about every Supreme Court justice has done so and done so in much greater numbers. Justice Thomas was appointed in 1991, and the time since then, he's taken 109 reported trips, five international trips. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg was appointed in 1993, two years later, and the time she was on the court, she took 157 trips, including 28 international trips. Mr. Payne, yes or no, do you think Ruth Bader Ginsburg was corrupt? No. Nor do I. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was not alone. Justice Stephen Breyer, appointed the year later in 1994, took 233 reported trips, including 63 international trips. Again, yes or no, Mr. Payne, do you think Stephen Breyer was corrupt? No. Nor do I. I would point out Justice Kagan has done the same thing, Justice Sotomayor has done the same thing, and yet none of my Democrat colleagues care because this is a political attack directed at a justice they hate. And by the way, let's spend a moment focusing on Justice Stephen Breyer, a delightful human being, someone I know personally, someone who served decades on the court. Justice Stephen Breyer repeatedly traveled on the penny of a prominent Democratic billionaire, the Pritzker family. Now, J.B. Pritzner is the Democrat governor of the state of Illinois, from which our chairman hails. I, I would be shocked if the chairman of this committee has not had multiple meals with the Pritzker family. 
Justice Breyer was a longtime member of the board that awarded the Pritzker Architecture Prize. Now, what did that mean? That meant Justice Breyer traveled on the dime of these Democrat billionaires. In 2019, Justice Breyer traveled to New York City, to Vancouver, and Paris. In 2018, Justice Breyer traveled to Ireland and Spain. In 2016, he traveled to New York, Spain, and France. In 2013, he traveled to Norway, Sweden, Denmark. In 2012, he traveled to Beijing and to London. All of this paid for by the Pritzker Foundation. Now, none of my Democrat colleagues are mad about this, and let me be clear. I'm not suggesting Justice Breyer is corrupt. What I'm suggesting is this committee is corrupt because this is a kangaroo circuit circus, and I will note, we had 15 Senate Democrats, including six members of this committee, send a letter to the Appropriations Committee threatening to cut off the funding for security at the Supreme Court. The left is willing to threaten the lives of the justices. Dear Meredith, Abby arrived safely in heaven. Having the picture was a big help, and I recognized her right away. Abby isn't sick anymore. Her spirit is here with with me, just like it stays in your heart as well. Abby loved being your dog. Since we don't need our bodies in heaven, I don't have any pockets to keep your picture in, so I'm sending the picture back to you in this little book for you to keep and have something to remember Abby by thank you for the beautiful letter and thank you your mother for helping you write it and sending it to me what a wonderful mother you have I picked her especially for you I send my blessings every day and remember that I love you very much by the way I'm easy to find I am wherever there is love all right so I want to uh, give some thanks out today to a couple people that help us stay on the air and that's uh, all power services that's Will Fanning when you need something fixed, like any item on your vehicle or around your house, any tools, power tools, or or fun things like jet skis and snowmobiles that we're still using in Northern California, all kinds of things, motors, uh, power washers, all kinds of things, anything that would break or not work like it used to be. You know how things, when you first start them up and they're new, they work so good, and then over time they start not working so good. Uh, just like I had to go get my tires aligned because my car seemed to be not steering like it used to. And then they got they tightened it up, and it's like so nice now. So get a hold of Will Fanning at All Power Services. you got a problem, and you and he's over in Yuba City. 530-844-0347, 844-0347. Text or call him, and you got it. 1469 Stewart Road, right off Highway 99. He will take you take care of you also uh kevin and carrie clark over at allen's auto body at tea garden and sutter street again in yuba city if your car been in a fight lately or somebody scratched it or somebody banged into it in a parking lot or something something or maybe your seatbelt broke or something broke on it that needs to be fixed for you to be legal he can do all that allen's auto body they're right at the corner of tea garden and sutter street every time i drive by there it seems like the building is brighter yellow it's canary yellow. You can't miss it. 
So uh, you can dial them up at an old-school phone at 530-671-1057, 671-1057. Okay. Uh, I want to mention, uh, you know, with all the discussion on how blacks, it's amazing to me that all kinds of people come to this country from all over the world, and within just a short period of time, even maybe even at longest, one generation, um, they're very successful. But blacks in this country, no black in this country has ever been enslaved that was born here. There are some that have been imported here, brought over, that were enslaved in other countries. But no blacks have been, no blacks have held on to slaves here. There have been black slave owners in the country. There were in the very beginning. It was profitable business, so they enslaved one another. And so there no slaves in this country grow up as slaves, and no one was was a slave owner. But uh, in in but they blame that always. Oh, there's there's got to be racism. If I can't perform well, there's got to be racism. Well, I always get a kick out of this because it's it's just the lie just gets exposed over and over again. But the media wants to per, uh, perpetuate a lie that somehow we owe somebody something, and uh, so uh, I get a kick out of this. I I saw this uh, title: a high school senior receives 170 college offers i thought wow i remember when i applied to get into college i just applied down here at cal state sacramento and they they took me but i thought you know some of these guys are really talented they're they're putting it out there and see where they can get the best deal right so this guy puts out all these requests he's from new orleans and he he got 170 colleges to make him an offer and when he added, added up all the scholarships, it added up to $10 million. Is that impressive or what? So this guy's only 16 years of age, right? He's getting ready. He's going to graduate in probably a portion of a year. He'll be ready to go. His name's Dennis Barnes. Way to go, Dennis. And uh, he, he says, uh, this is more offers and more money than any college-bound senior in the history of the United States of America. He's a senior. I thought, where's that dude going to school? He's at International High School of New Orleans. Now, my hunch is that's a charter school. And you remember when New Orleans had Katrina and it wiped out their entire public school system? And when they rebuilt the public school system, they really, uh, because the system was a disaster, they create a lot of charter schools. So I watched him on video thanking his his dad got up there. I think his dad's involved in the school. And he got up there and thanked his dad, thanked his counselor, was very gracious. And um, announced he's going to go to Cornell University. Uh, he's going to major in computer science and explore a career in software development. Dennis is black. He's uh, really black. So uh, I thought, well, there you have it. Uh, and, and they went on to talk about this school, International High School of New Orleans, where a huge number of kids graduate with high honors and, and go on to uh, further education in some fashion. 
Barnes, this is a 16-year-old guy. Barnes' advice for seniors is to be vigilant and set the bar high. Now, obviously, this isn't your average school like in Yuba Sutter area at Marysville High School or Yuba City High School where they're bringing in little porn stars and, and doing a rally. The kids, the kids need a lot of stimulation. You've got that gal coming in showing her breasts and gotten her pants unzipped over at Yuba City High School to stir people up. Well, they, you know, this, this international high school isn't about that. So way to go, Dennis Barnes. And it just goes to show you, and I'm going to talk about uh, more schools uh, when I come back probably in the next segment about charter schools because it is shocking. It is shocking how great many black and Hispanic kids are doing when they get out of the government system. It, it's just it's shocking and it's inspiring and it's awesome. Well, probably everybody's heard that Trump uh, was found guilty I think that anybody could be found guilty of anything in New York City, particularly if you're a Republican and uh, and since that's a Democrat. The judges are corrupt. The people are corrupt. And uh, you can't get a conviction in there on any corruption if you're uh, if the Democrat is the uh, per- person on trial. And, uh, you know, the special counsel couldn't get any cor- any uh, convictions over there because, you know, everybody's on that council loves or on the the jury loves hillary clinton so i guess this lady named e Jean carroll i don't know whether she's got a book or whatever but she's uh, uh, now an old lady like trump is an old guy and e Jean carroll claimed that trump uh, uh, attacked and raped her at one point and uh, so uh, but they didn't find trump uh, guilty of rape but I guess what they did is went ahead and uh, found him guilty, even though there was nobody else saw it, just her word against his. He said, I'm, I don't even I've never even heard of this person. Now, you remember all the Clinton situation with all the women and pretty much he walked away from most of those. Biden has most of these guys. Did you know there was a fund for the Congress to pay off all their people that uh, claimed that they they molested him or whatever? There's a molest fund to pay off for the congressman. This is amazing that we're, we're, we're going through this, right? So Trump was found liable supposedly for defamation and battery. And, and she got $5 million. It's amazing to me. I, you know, any one of us, I just speak as, as a guy, any one of us could be uh, named in a lawsuit and somebody could do this to us. Any one of us. In fact, uh, in jail, we teach a lot on uh, child support. And I, I, I think people, if they create a baby, they ought to support the baby if they don't want to be with a mama anymore or the mama doesn't want to be with them. But they, they ought to get the kid up and going, right? So, uh, But a lot of guys, uh, and, and according to child support experts in California, a lot of guys get named as the father that aren't really the father. Isn't that interesting? And a, gal, a guy will just pick a person and think he's a pretty nice guy and say, well, that'd make a good father, even though he isn't the father. And, and it happens all the time. And in California, if you don't contest, when you get the paperwork saying, oh, you have a, a child and you need to pay, pay child support, even though you no, don't have a child, if you don't respond to that expeditiously and effectively, <laughs> you have to pay child support till the child is 18 years of age, which in most cases is 18 years because the child was just born. So it happens all the time. So Trump's 
comment I find fascinating. I have absolutely no idea who this woman is. This verdict is a disgrace, a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time. Now, you remember what he was saying when they said he was urinating on prostitutes and he was uh, colluding with the Russians and all that stuff? And all that now we know was a complete fabrication by uh, people hired by the Clinton Foundation. And, uh, you know, every, all, all this stuff has just gone by the wayside, gone by the wayside. So obviously they're appealing this. It's, it's unbelievable. So this was in federal court. And listen to way, the way this paragraph is written, how slanted it is. The Manhattan federal court jury deliberated Tuesday for less than three hours in the civil case. What if we said it this way? Instead of saying less than three hours, Say will say the Manhattan federal court jury deliberated Tuesday for more than two hours. So if you say less than three hours, that means, oh, <coughs> they didn't even hardly talk about it. They just went in there, raised their hand and went out and had coffee. Because you don't know how long cases go. Sometimes they do. They go they debate for hours. They debate for an hour. They debate for a week. They debate for a month. Right. Or they just create a hung jury. But just the way it's written is so slanted, less than three hours. Instead of it, they, they debated for more than two hours. Exact same amount of time. So this goes back to 2019, where she made this accusation. This thing's been lurking out there, right? He didn't rape her in 2019. Remember, that was when he was still in office. But he raped her in 1995. Now, isn't this interesting? That is, uh, let's see, how many years is that? It's uh, 20 years ago. 20 years go by, and all of a sudden this old lady says, oh, he raped me in a dressing room at Bergdorf Goodman Department Store. How did he and her get in the dressing room together? Did they know each other? Did, 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 did. He said he didn't ever know the woman. He denied ever knowing her and labeled her accusation a hoax and a lie. So they requested a retrial and uh, the judge, of course, uh, you know, honestly, people, we are at a place in this country where the attorneys and the judges are crooked. And, And when you find one that actually makes a good call and is fair. Uh, and is a true judge, according to the Bible. It's shocking. I'm, sh- you know, I'm shocked when people actually tell the truth and are honest and and they're forthright and they and all that kind of stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, no one saw this. It says uh, lawyer Joe Tacopina, Tacopina argued that the court expressed a corroborative view to the jury that no one was present on the store sixth floor when the rape allegedly occurred. You know, it, how, how do we know 1995, 1996? You know, I, th- this is, the judge set this up. It was a corrupt deal all the way. Just the same, did you, you remember how, oh man, this is, sounds terrible. You know, uh, General Flynn collaborating with the enemy, Trump collaborating with the enemy, Trump always with prostitutes here, there, and everywhere, right? Honestly, people. Well, this is a, uh, I have, uh, 
You know, we had this shooting. We had it. And I can't even keep up with all these shootings. Right. So we have in Allen, Texas, we have a shooting. Oh, do you know that down in uh, Nashville on the religious shooting? The government never wants to tell anybody anything anymore. So Tom Fitton with the uh, Judicial Watch, I think that's what he calls his organization. He has now filed a lawsuit to find out what is in the manifesto. They found a manifesto. This woman, uh, a boy, a transgender. I, I, I can't remember whether the person was born a boy or a girl now. I think born a, born a girl and then was trying to switch it up to a boy, right? And uh, so he uh, or she believing in transgenderism, right? And is PO'd at the Christians and wrote a manifesto that pretty much desc- describes the mentally ill state of transgenders. And, and they, they, they're going to throw down on particularly Christians who stand for there's two genders, man and woman. And so, uh, so that happened, right? And there's a scrap over that. Well, now we have a guy, a Hispanic assailant, that wasn't just a Hispanic assailant. assailant. He was a brown supremacist. Now, you've heard of white supremacists. Maybe you've heard of black supremacists, black power. Now we have brown supremacists. You ever heard of brown supremacists? Well, there's been groups like La Raza. All you have to do is look up La Raza. They believe that blacks are the superior race and everybody else, they ought to purge California of everybody other than Hispanics because somehow being that they got indigenous uh, blood running through their veins, like back into Mexico, uh, they they really want to take over all this deal, and they hate white people too. Just everybody's hating white people. So uh, so this is a high profile killing, murdered eight people, right? But he's Hispanic, and he's a brown supremacist. He is not a MAGA Trump guy. You know how they always say, "Oh, I, you know, at the start of these murders, oh, he was a conservative. Oh, he was a religious. He was a religious radical. He was a MAGA person." Right. And then and then when the the eyes are kind of on something else and they'll say, oh, well, actually, he was this. Right. He was that he was a liberal. He voted for Hillary. Right. So um, anyway, it says this tragic incident occurred just a week after another attack by a Hispanic illegal immigrant who murdered five victims in Cleveland, Texas. So Texas has had two. They've had 13 people killed by two. Mexicans, one illegal immigrant, the other is a brown supremacist. Now, the the media does not want you to know about this, and so they 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 don't. You're not going to hear it from the the general media. So what you have is the media telling you we have a gun problem, and um, and they say that blacks have been oppressed, minorities have been oppressed. But you need to get down to the truth. And so many people are just living a lie. In fact, I just saw where a gal I went to high school with lives in Mexico now, and she posted something on her Facebook page. It's all the problem is with guns. <laughs> I thought, you know, if you just look at, at uh, Department of Justice statistics on how people die in a homicide, there's a bunch of ways people die, a bunch of ways, strangling, stabbing, beat down with a bat. Just run over, 
right? Tom Sowell, who I believe is 90 now, said a vastly expanded welfare state in the 1960s destroyed the black family. Did you hear what I said? He was raised in Harlem in, in, in relative poverty. Uh, he's black, Tom Sowell. A vastly expanded welfare state in the 60s destroyed the black community, which had survived centuries of slavery and generations of racial oppression. Hold that thought while I go on here because we're talking about guns. And now over and over, it's like we want to take all the guns and and the the unspoken outcome is everything's going to be peaceful. The lion is going to lay down with the lamb. Everybody's going to love each other. Everybody's going to barbecue together. Blacks and white going to barbecue. So I was wondering why the flags are at half mast. And I thought, man, anybody gets killed nowadays? Like in a group, if we got a group killing a bunch, you kill a bunch. If you kill one person, no half mast. If you kill a, a bunch, you get a half mast. It's interesting, isn't it? So Biden ordered half flags to half mast. Now, I, you know, I guess if a person can go a week without farting, you could go to, you know, half mast. Uh, you know, I mean, what's the qualifications for half mast anymore? I thought we honored like a president if he died or significant person or something, something happened. Super duper, right? Half mast. Like we're in mourning. So uh, we're going to take a break here. We're ending our second segment, and then we'll be back in just a minute. This is the first time in the memory of all of the sheriffs in this state. So the sheriffs, there's only 58 of us in the state, and we come together for meetings every three months. The current governor, we're talking five years now, he's never met with us once. Every governor before him met with us every two months. This governor refuses. He has never met with us, ever. He has no desire to. They're making all of these public safety laws and changing laws that are on the books that concern public safety, closing down prisons, letting people out early. He has never consulted with the public safety experts, the ones that deal with it every single day. Never. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. You've tried to reach out to him. Absolutely. There's no clear reason why he doesn't. He's busy. That's the answer. Every governor in, in our history hasn't been that busy, but apparently he's too busy. Just a few months after being sworn in as president, John F. Kennedy, RFK Jr.'s uncle, said the following in a speech given before the American Newspaper Publishers Association. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. On November 22, 1963, President Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas. There are hours of damning evidence clearly showing that the CIA, organized crime, and the highest levels of the U.S. federal government were all involved in the assassination of John F. Kennedy. 
including the magic bullet, the grassy knoll, and the presence of young CIA asset George H.W. Bush in Dallas that day, a day that he claims he could not remember. But the entire operation was blamed on a single lone gunman. An hour after hearing that his brother was assassinated, Robert Kennedy told his close aide that he was surprised it wasn't him. He thought that he would be the one they would get. Over the next few days, he wrote letters to his children, charging them with the responsibility to love and serve their country and to remember what their uncle John had started. A few years later, the New York Times published an article claiming that President Kennedy told one of the highest officials in his administration that he wanted to splinter the CIA in a thousand pieces and scatter it to the winds. On March 16, 1968, Robert Kennedy officially announced he was running for president. On June 5th, following major victories in the primaries, he was gunned down after giving a speech at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles, California. Nina Rhodes Hughes was one of a small few who witnessed the assassination, and she claims there was another shooter. She later expressed outrage that the police ignored her statement. The shot that killed Robert Kennedy was fired up close in the back of his head, and the whole operation was blamed on a single lone gunman who was standing in front of him. But it appears that they concluded within about an hour's time that Saran acted alone, or that was gonna be their conclusion, and they thereafter tailored all of the evidence to fit that conclusion. Regicide is the ritual killing of a king to memorialize a subversion of power. And while the Kennedy family is as greasy as the rest of the swamp, the two brothers stand out like mythical kings. Aside from Dr. Ron Paul, who said we need to get rid of them completely, nobody in government questions the crimes of the CIA. While promoting a book on television in 1978, a young RFK Jr. referred to American politics as a one-party system and his father and uncle's demise as an occupational hazard. In March of 1999, John F. Kennedy Jr. had a meeting to plan a run for the 2000 U.S. Senate election against Hillary Clinton. Four months later, he died in a fatal plane crash with all the telltale signs of a cover-up. Recently declassified documents show that Lee Harvey Oswald, the alleged lone gunman in the JFK assassination, was a CIA asset. RFK Jr. is running for president in 2024 and calls out the CIA for the deadly vaccines. He also blames the CIA for the murder of his uncle, which he calls a successful coup d'etat from which our democracy has never recovered. And he believes that his father was assassinated by the security guard who shot him from behind after pushing him into their patsy, Sirhan Sirhan. One of the interesting things about this case is that Sirhan Sirhan was reportedly in front of Robert Kennedy and investigators initially said that he was murdered by a gunshot wound that went through the back of him, so. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Well, no one told me about her, the way she lied. Well, no one told me about her, how many people cried. But it's too late to say you're sorry. How would I know? Why should I care? Please don't bother trying to find her. 
She's not bad. All righty, we're coming back here. By the way, in Northern California, it's starting to get a little toasty. Finished up. We had a little light rain here recently. Give you a little weather report because I like give weather reports after it happens, and I'm always 100% accurate. So it's getting a little toasty today, breezy. I don't think it's going to rain any, but uh, wanted to mention to you uh, Peachtree Health. That's where Dr. Joe Cassidy is located. I, I was over at getting my car uh, aligned, and I gave him a card, a 3x3 three three card. It has my name on it and Dr. Cassidy's because we promote giving out Narcan and getting in and getting some medical care when you're addicted to something, whatever you're addicted to. And so he said, oh, and when I showed him, I said, well, here's my name because he put me in the computer. I wanted to get everything right, my name, phone number, all stuff. So he said, oh, can I keep the card? I said, oh, you got a use for it? I said, a lot of people need some help. He said, yeah, I I, I could use this card. So uh, we're passing out cards and posters, and we got people handing out Narcan to help people not die if they if they take some fentanyl and not know it, or they take some fentanyl and it's more powerful than they thought. But we're also working people with meth addiction, smoking weed, whatever, alcohol. And uh, so Dr. Joe Cassidy's over there at Peachtree Health, and we're tag teaming together. He's a specialist in addiction, and he will help you. And if you'll call 530-749-3242, 749-3242, and ask for Dr. Cassidy and just tell him you need help with addiction, you'll be good to go. If you have trouble getting through the automated attendance system, I'm going to give you his cell phone number. Please do not call it. Just text it and text it once during the day. That's it. He's a busy boy. He's always on the phone, dialing in prescriptions, doing all kinds of stuff. So don't lean into him. Don't blow up his phone. 530-682-8648. If you're really sick, you're really desperate, and you, and you need someone to talk to you right away, I can hook you up. So I'm going to give you my number, and you can text or call me any time of the night or day, seven days a week. Okay? Simple. Uh, 530-713-1838, 713-1838, and we will hook you up. Now, listen, I talk to people all the time. I just got a call a little bit ago. I get every day almost people are calling, can I get it? Can you help me get into a rehab? Can I get some Narcan? I need some food. I'm out here living behind this or under this. And uh, so, listen, a lot of times people give up, and they, they end their lives, and uh, and it happens all the time. Uh, I'm too close to it. Uh, I don't. I don't like to be this close to that kind of sadness, but it happens, and we're trying to prevent that. So listen, y'all. Uh, tell people just hand out our cards if you want to get some of my cards. Uh, just dial me up. I can give them to you. They're like three by threes, and it has all the stuff we do for you. It's not just like a little tiny business card. Or you could put it up on a, uh, if you want to pass out some, put them up, I put them in laundromats, gyms, stuff like that. I even got an eight and a half by 11 little poster. Let's go out and try to save some of our friends that got, got trapped in drug abuse. You know, we all got things that we've stumbled over in our lives. So rather than pointing a finger, let's just go out and fix them. Let's go out and rescue them and uh, do the good Samaritan gig, right? So uh, give me a call if you want to pass out some of my uh, cards or I can send you out to Glad Tidings where they print them for me and they can give them to you. So, all right. So also I want to mention uh, uh, Nellie Garcia. Everybody has a need for legal help every once in a while, even if it's just sorting out a will or filing some paperwork with the court. And uh, Nellie Garcia filed some paperwork for me. And uh, I, I ended up having some money owed me that 
I didn't ever earn. I didn't do anything for it. Just something from my family members years ago, they were all dead and they sent me $6,000 and Nellie Garcia over at North Valley paralegal did the legal work for me. Very simple. I mean, it was simple for me, right? She did the work, made it very simple for me. It was right in the middle of COVID. Nobody wanted to help you. The courts were shut down. North Valley Paralegal and my sis, my half-sister, half-brother, we all got $6,000 a piece, and we, we get this money coming every once in a while, a little bit of money. So, uh, But when, you don't, when you're not used to figuring all that stuff out, it's, uh, it's nice to have somebody that can hold your hand through it or do it for you. So North Valley Paralegal is excellent. They're right off uh, Highway 20 at 1110 Civic Center Boulevard, right across from the Sutter County Sheriff's Department. She is in Suite 202A. It may say on the sign when you drive in, Jim Nielsen. Just ignore that, and it's her, her place now. They just haven't changed the sign. So call her up. Make an appointment if you like, 530-751-9289. Okay, so I was talking about um, this thing about the, 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 uh, the Democrats never want to talk about that they created. They literally created the disaster in the black and somewhat in the Hispanic community. They don't want to talk about that. They just want to use that disaster to say, we're going to take away your guns. Now, uh, I'm not threatening anybody. I'm just saying if that if they ever get serious about that and they send those ATF boys out, uh, you know, I know there's some good people work for law enforcement. I've worked with law enforcement as a chaplain for years up until recently, and there's some fine people there. But if they send some people out trying to take away people's guns, there's going to be a lot of people get hurt. And uh, I just wouldn't do that. But the politicians don't care. They'll send 50,000, they'll send hundreds of thousands of troops to Vietnam, get 50-some thousand killed. Not even bat an eye. Not shed a tear. They don't care. It was just total humbug there. It was a humbug in Iraq. I mean, we could just list all the wars. They just send people around that are trained to pack weapons and just go out and kill people. They, they did that to the, uh, the Ruby Ridge people. Uh, look up Ruby Ridge. Read the whole story. Assassinated a family, members of a family, uh, the David Koresh people. Oh, people, oh, well, they were weirdos. Oh, really? Do you want to just go out and kill all the weirdos? Oh, well, you know, they were doing this, they were doing, oh, really, you want to just kill all the people doing this, doing that? Right? You ever had a neighbor got, you want to drive a bean up their nose? Why don't you just go over and kill one of them? Just pick out people you don't like or are different than you and then go kill them? Is that what we're all about in America? I'm telling you, history does not treat the uh, Waco uh, takeover well with the ATF and FBI, nor the Ruby Ridge killings. All FBI, a- ATF. So uh, so anyway, I want to talk to you about guns. And uh, they always want to talk about the gun problem, and they don't want to talk about the culture problem. And when you look at the big cities with all the murders, you know where who's running them? Democrats. The real underlying causes of most violence in America is cultural dysfunction among black black people and somewhat among Hispanics. They're just thugs. You know, it's interesting to me. Some people I took I took some uh, uh, I, I was interested in sociology and criminology and stuff in school. Not that I necessarily wanted to be a cop or anything or probation, but I was interested in why people do what they do. How why does society do what they do? And uh 
So I'm always interested in when you look below all the trash talk and you look at what's going on uh, about who's doing uh, what. And, uh, you know, the thought is, hey, uh, we need to let blacks out of out of prison because there's too many blacks in prison. I thought, what's too many? Well, you know, they're only 12 or 14 percent of the population and they have like 50, 60 percent of the population in prison. That's not the right question. Just because the same amounts out here is the same amount in prison or a different amount in prison doesn't mean we should equal that. That would be fair. That's not fair. People should only go to prison if they did, did a crime deserving of prison, whatever flavor they are, even if it's 100% blacks or 100% whites. There's hardly any women in prison. You ever notice that? Do you think women... Uh, should just be exempted from prison. There's hardly any women in prison. There's a lot more women. You know, women are about 50-50, right, in the, in the population. How come we don't have 50% of women in prison? <laughs> in other words, how come there isn't equal men and women in prison? 10,000 men, 10,000 women. Because women don't commit the type of crimes and as many crimes. And they don't like to male judges don't like to send women to prison because they 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 uh, overlay the thought of their mother sending her sister down the road. So we're getting hustled by the by the media. So let's look at some facts. says violence is a demo induced culture problem spawned primarily by generations of failed socialist Democrat policies. Most notably when you had the disintegration, disintegration of the family, the Democrats will tell you, Oh, well government can be your dad. It, it don't work. It hasn't worked. It never will. Oh, government can do this. Oh, government can just, Oh, government can pay you a check every month. And you'll be you'll work out just fine. No, it's not going to work. It isn't working out fine. The common denominator that most violent offenders grew up in is fatherless homes. You know what created the black father? You know, you know, in the 30s, and there's a clip about this later. In the 30s, uh, there were hardly any black fatherless homes. There was more white fatherless homes. Did you know that? How come that disintegrated? Welfare. That's what happened. Welfare. So, um, I'm just looking here. I got to make sure I've got one spot I need to leave open for a long clip. Then let me get back here to where I was. So look, pay attention now, because if you've got a pencil or a crayon, write this down. There's an inconvenient truth about race and violence. The urban, the Democrat-controlled urban plantations, I call them. They're poverty plantations, and they keep people leaning their way because they just give them money and, and let them out of jail. They are violent people. You've seen, you've seen people... Uh, rushing stores and just taking things off the shelves and supposedly because someone did them wrong. 
Think about violent crime in America nationwide. You know who commits most of it? Black people. Black assailants. And you know who they assail? You know who they attack? Black people most of the time. A suspect, the suspect in 88% of murders of black people is not white, is not Hispanic, and is not Asian. It's other black people. 88% of blacks killed blacks that died. Heather McDonald, she's a Manhattan Institute fellow. She is a scholar. She has been studying criminology for decades. She's written many books about it, but most people who want to talk trash about this don't want to take the time to read her books and find out what the facts are. She said dozens of blacks are murdered every single day. More than all white and Hispanic murder victims combined. So if you look at how many are killed a day, you got more blacks being killed today than all Hispanic and white combined today. Even though blacks are only 13% of the nation's population. Percentages, you don't, you don't just compare percentages to percentages. People, you got to look at who's doing the funky stuff. Blacks between the ages of 10 and 24 are murdered at 25 times the rate of whites between those same ages. Whites are not killing whites at the speed of blacks. The assailants of black people are not the police, not other whites, but other blacks. That's just the way it is. You want to change that? Then go to work on it. But don't blame it on other Asians or or whites or anybody else. When considering that the the young black males who committed most of these crimes represent less than 3% of the population, that imbalance is shocking, is it not? Furthermore, according to the Pew Research, see, this isn't just somebody blowing smoke. These are people that looked at the deaths and said, well, who killed that guy? Did you find him? This person killed them, or that person, or that ethnic group, right? So here's the, here's the stats. In 2021, ignore it if you wish. Be stupid. It's easier sometimes to just be stupid, isn't it? And just repeat something that's nonsensical. Well, you know, there's a lot of blacks in prison, and there's hardly any in the population. So what? They, they went out and did a, a bunch of funky stuff. In 2021, 46% of all gun deaths among children, that's almost one out of two, among children and teens involve black victims. Even though only 14% of the U.S. population is under 18 is black. You getting what I'm telling you? One out of two in that age group is dying. Every time there's a young person death, it's a black person. And they're only 14% of the population. That is a problem within the black community, people. Then they turned around. And I, this is always funny to me how they have murders. And then they have murders that they add a, a, an additional charge of a hate crime. I always thought, man, I've never killed anybody I liked. Why don't you just call all murders hate crimes? They say, oh, yeah, hate crimes and race hustling and all that. McDonald reports from 2016 to 2020, blacks 
nationally were twice as likely to commit a hate crime as whites. According to the data, the FBI, they, they track all this stuff. In New York City from 2010 to 2020, blacks were 2.42 times as likely as whites to commit a hate crime. Blacks in L.A. committed anti-Asian hate crimes at 4.8 times the rate of whites. Now, Yuba County, the health department and the county council and all those people over in Yuba County took me to court, subpoenaed me to court, claiming I hated Asians. And I was going to kill the uh, county health officer. I'm a white guy. White guys don't beat up on Asian people. They like Asian people. Even if they don't know them. Blacks in L.A. committed anti-Asian hate crimes. But you know what? The, the health official, Vasquez, I think her name was, who was making a quarter of a million dollars a year, accused me, kept bringing up the rash of hate crimes against Asians. And Dr. Liu, the one that was killing so many people with the jab, she's Asian. So they, because I was a white guy. Now, if I was a black guy, they wouldn't have brought that up. But they're racist. The people of Yuba County and the government are racist. They, I, I didn't write that subpoena. That subpoena is up there. It's probably, uh, you could probably get a copy of it. Five different times they brought up Asian American hate. Well, who are they pointing their finger at? Some white dude, old white dude, right? So, and seven times, uh, seven times, oh, here's anti-Asian hate crimes at 4.8 times the rate of whites in 2021 and committed, these are blacks, committed anti-gay hate crimes at seven times the rate of whites and anti-Semitic hate crimes at 2.4 times the rate of whites. White people just ain't as violent as these black thugs. That's just the way it is. I'm not hating on anybody. I'm just telling you the way it is. If you want to believe the media's lies, you believe them. But that's not what's going on. Now, when you look at at different rates, graphs and stuff, it's just white white on black crime. It's it's negligible. It's like 537,000 black against whites on whites and white on black, like 10% of that or so, less than 10%. Michael Bloomberg, the mayor of New York City, quote, he said, 90% of all people killed in New York City during his mayorship, and 90% of all those who commit the murders and other violent crimes are black and Hispanic people. He's a white guy. They call him a racist. Maybe they did. The stats don't lie. It's shameful that so many elected officials and editorial writers have been largely silent on these facts. They don't want it. You know what? They don't want it because they don't want to get culture canceled. They don't want to get attacked. In fact, I wrote an article about this and uh, about the BLM when it first started and the territorial dispatch would not run the article, the new owner, because you know why? Not because it was wrong. I, I was quoting the same facts, the same lady back then in about 2017, 18. When BLM fired up, or maybe it was 2019, he was afraid. That's it. He was afraid. He, he didn't want to stand up to BLM, and they were wrong. They were corrupt, and now we all know it. 
Listen, Democrats have never cared about inner city blacks. They're just a meal tick for, for them. They're a cheap date for Democrats to get into office. We're going to talk more about this uh, in just a minute. We'll be right back. Twenty-eight Energy Department officials own stock in Exxon. Seventeen officials own stock in Chevron. Fifteen hold stock in both. It doesn't involve or influence in any way our actions. It doesn't. It doesn't it does influence not. their actions. It Only the individual does stock doesn't. Then why did you it, sell yours? I signed an, an ethics agreement with the President of the United States saying I would divest. Well, presumably because he was rightly worried that owning these individual stocks would influence your decisions, don't you think? Well, it's different when you're the head of a department and you have a whole agency. Let's just ban it. Let's ban it for all executive department officials. Let's ban it for members of Congress. How about that? See what nonsense is in store for today. Think about it this way. My grandpa, who I never met, he died in the same hospital I was born in two weeks before I was born. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? It's a story that does not appear to have the added benefit of actually being true. Biden's grandfather that he was talking about there died September 1941 in Baltimore. Memes. Everything I see is memes. There are memes everywhere. Make it stop. President Biden was born November 20th, 1942 in Scranton, Pennsylvania. So we look. Could he have been talking about his other grandfather? Well, that grandfather Mm. died years later. So. Lies. Oh, lies. It's over. We are screwed. When I was younger, I played on an all-Jewish basketball team. And we weren't very good because we were all Jewish. (laughs) The games would be embarrassing, not even close. I remember one game, it was 50 to 10 at halftime. And our rabbi came into the locker room. He was our head coach as well as our rabbi. And he said to us, he goes, Jews? That was our team name. (laughs) He goes, what do we need to do to win this game? And we all agreed. We said, we need five black kids. to a couple other groups, people, businesses that help me here stay on the internet and on the air. And that is the Thrifty Rooter. And they got uh, they got a pretty big operation that's been around here for over 40 years. Impressive. I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a small business guy. My dad was a small businessman. My uncles were small business people, carpenters, butchers, stuff like that. And uh, when people keep going year after year after year and give a good service, uh, I'm impressed. You got my attention. So Thrifty Rooter, the Artemiko family, 
They've been throwing down around here and pleasing people and taking care of their problems left and right every day, every day, every day, every day, seven days a week. And Thrifty Rooter is getting the job done. And so if you need some help, uh, I'm going to give you a couple ways. One, if you want to see what they do, you know, they think, well, what do you think, you know, plumber, you just unplug something or, you know, fixes a leak. They do that. They do that. But if you go to thriftyrooter.net, that's their website, you can see all the other stuff they do. Like, hey, they pump septic tanks. They, they fix septic tanks. That's complicated. We're in a rural area. There's lots of septic tanks. So they can deal with that kind of stuff. So uh, go check that out, and you can actually send them a message off the website, and they, uh, they'll get it and respond to you. And there's a little – you can fill it out very easy. You don't have to be techie. But if you don't have a computer – and you just need an old-school phone to dial, phone number, I'm going to give it to you. So if you'll call them, 530-673-8201, 673-8201, they will get one of their good people in their white van over to your house or business and get you back in, back in business. In other words, they'll, they'll get the flow going, okay? Pay attention now. 530-673-8201, or you can go to thriftyrooter.net. But very often people call me or text me because I give my number out. They say, hey, Lou, who, where, where were you telling me to call? Who are you telling me to get a hold of? I got this problem all of a sudden, right? It's been, it's, something's backing up into my shower, right? So it's okay. You can call me, or you can go on to uh, nohostagesradio.com, and I have this information over there too, but I know... You know, sometimes you just want to dial somebody up. No problem. I'm glad to help these people. I want them to do well because uh, they're helping me do well. So also I want to give a shout-out to Elite Universal Security Money Hacker. Uh, every day around my uh, place and buildings that i kind of watching over, I'm, I'm monitoring what's going on because people are found dead around my area. People are out of their minds. Uh, you don't know whether they're dead or not. They're they're uh, they're zombies. They're on Trank. You're going to learn about Trank quickly. It's uh, being put in fentanyl, and uh, they're in a bad way. It's happening within blocks of me constantly. It's just a scene out here. It's like the zoo, but with no uh, cages. So, Lee Universal Security. I see some of their people working the area around here, trying to keep businesses safe. So, if you have a business, you have a house. You're going to be away for a while. You want some extra people with eyes on it. Or you're trying to, you know, maybe you want to install some technology there. So you can, when you're away, you can check it out. They can help think that through for you. If you've got a business, if you've got a farm, we have a lot of farmers here that tractors get stolen, trailers get stolen, trucks get stolen, fuel gets stolen, copper gets stolen. If you want to try to minimize some of that, Elite Universal Security can help you they're in Yuba County, but they operate all over Northern California. So if you even want to go to work for them, they're looking for workers as well. And you can give them a shout-out. In fact, I'm going to give you the numbers for some of these others as well. I know the um, Thrifty Rooters are looking for people as well. That They're in Yuba City. They they serve two, three, four counties around this Yuba Sutter area. But if you're way up north, up by Oregon border, uh, Elite Universal Security needs you up there as well, and in Butte County, etc. Five three zero seven four nine zero two eight zero. So if you have a need, uh, wherever Northern California, or you have uh, you want to earn some extra money because of this uh, Biden inflation, uh, they can help train you up, and they'd love to have you on board. 
Okay. So also I'll mention I've, I've seen Thrifty Rooter advertising and uh, you don't need to know the business. You know, if you can, if you can stay clean, you can show up to work on time. You got a great attitude. You're a nice person. They will train you. No question about it. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm going to get back down. I'm talking about the disinformation and the propaganda you're getting in the mainstream news. Now I haven't watched the mainstream news uh, because even before the computer, uh, since 1987, it wasn't because I thought it was corrupt back then. I just wanted to stay focused on other stuff, and I'm kind of an ad, 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 uh, information junkie, so I didn't want to just watch the TV all the time. And I just changed my behavior. I changed my life a little bit back then. And uh, so I'm, t- I'm telling you, you need to get your mind off off the TV. You're being uh, manipulated, and they're doing a psychological workover on you called a PSYOP. And you need to get your information elsewhere. If you need help on that, give me a shout out and I'll help you get there. McDonald says if Democrats actually believed Black Lives Matter, they would not propagate failed urban policies that profligate black on black violence. So she says, what is the left's real firearms agenda? I don't know. Did you get down to Sacramento during COVID and see some of the damage that Antifa and uh, BLM did up there? You know why they did that? The police were told to stand down, let them do it by the politicians. You know the reason we didn't have anything like that up here in Yuba Sutter? It It isn't because people won't do that kind of stuff. It's because of the sheriffs. It's because of your sheriffs. And we had some stuff going on at Glad Tidings, and we just told them when they showed up out there, partner, uh, you know, much love, but you get out of that car, it'll be the last time you ever step up. We just, you ought to return to Sacramento, wherever you came from, because it ain't going to go good here. It ain't going to be like in Sacramento or San Francisco. In fact, we'll even speak the words over you and put you in a shallow grave. No worry. We got it. We know how to do funerals. The Biden and the Democrats, they want to do one thing, and that's confiscate all firearms from law-abiding citizens. Most people have rifles and shotguns. You know how many people are killed by rifles and shotguns? I'm talking about homicides, people murdered. Less than 3% of people that die from being murdered in this country every year are died by shotguns, and long rifles. A homicide, these are the facts, a homicide victim is far more likely to be murdered by an assailant using a knife, a blunt object, or fists, or a bat, or some kind of implement, than a rifle or a shotgun. Like the homeless guy, Greg Kelly, who was killed along the Yuba River and buried in the peach orchard after supposedly he raped one of the homeless gals they beat him to death not with a, they didn't shoot him they didn't stab him my i was told they beat him to death with a a tree limb a couple tree limbs it's just you know i was cleaning up around here and i was throwing some rocks in the garbage and i was thinking eh, that'd be a good rock to beat somebody's head in if they wanted to That'd be a good weapon. That's a heavy rock right there. 
Well, people get beat, their head beat in by rocks. We haven't outlawed them, right? Okay, so I want to give you some other things that are just a, a mind blower. The latest data, there's 26,031 homicides in the U.S. in the last year of record. I want you to think, put on your thinking cap. The same period that 26,031 people died of homicides, 140,000 people, more than five times that, died from alcohol-related causes. Should we, should we prohibit alcohol? Prohibit guns? Prohibit alcohol? Oh, well, you think, I drink, and I don't do that. Oh, yeah, I shoot, and I don't do that either. <laughs> I don't kill people. Drunk drivers are responsible for 28 deaths per day. You happy about that? How are you going to outlaw drunk drivers? Notably, it is estimated that alcohol is a key factor in at least 30% of homicides. Wow, that's changing a lot of things. Guns aren't. Shotguns aren't. That's 3%. You remember that? I told, just told you that. Pay attention. Long guns and shotguns are 30% of, of 3% of homicides. Alcohol and drugs is a factor in 30% of homicides that involve a firearm. In other words, if you get under the influence, you're more likely to maybe shoot somebody with a firearm. Let me say that again. Alcohol is the key factor in at least 30% of homicides involving firearms. If you add drugs to that, it's 60%. So the, the author says, hey, what do we got, an alcohol problem here? Should Democrats now ban alcohol? Come and collect all your alcohol out of your house? I was at some folks' house here recently having dinner, and I don't really care if people drink. I don't drink. I don't, I don't do drugs. I don't drink. But they, had, they like to drink. I, I'm not, I'm not uh, saying they're out of hand. I'm just saying you can see by the, the kind of alcohol they had stashed you know on their counter and stuff they they enjoyed having a drink no problem with that is the democrats wanting to eliminate alcohol to solve criminal behavior and homicides violence or maybe we should have a red flag law and if you go to buy alcohol you got to do a background check and see if you've had any problems with alcohol. Maybe did you pump your wife? Did you uh, run over somebody? Did you get a DUI? A wet and reckless? Maybe they should. Maybe we should run a background check and see that, and then then people would get in trouble if they sold you that, right? We don't want to do that, right? But but that's the same logic of taking away everybody's guns. The majority of alcohol users possess and use this drug legally and responsibly. The majority of gun owners use their guns or just have their guns legally and responsibly. That's just the way it is. Prohibition. We know about prohibition. You heard about it. They tried it. It was wild. It was totally wild. And so I just want to give you a perspective on that. We have a major problem. You know what the problem is? We have a problem with absentee families. 
Kids don't do well when they're raised themselves. I, I'm in, back in juvenile hall now, going in there uh, twice a week, talking to kids, getting to know kids. Kids are not happy when they don't have pops around and a mama, the same mama all the time. They aren't. They don't do well. They're not, they're not damaged goods. They're confused goods. <laughs> they didn't get damaged from birth. They uh, don't know how to live because they never had good examples. That's just the way it is. Do you know that, uh, have you heard Rochelle Walensky? You know Rochelle Walensky, you ever heard of her? Rochelle Walensky is married to a doctor. These guys, you know, these people are all tied in. They make hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars per family. Tony Fauci's wife's making about three or 400000 He's making the same. Rochelle Walensky's making huge money. He has, she has a husband that has a lab, and he's a doc, doctor, scientist type. They're making all kinds of money. Rochelle Walensky is a liar. She's a, she's a medical prostitute. She lied to the American people over and over again. You know what she said, you know, to justify the lies? Well, that's what I thought was the truth when I said it, but the science changed. Yeah, you should wear a mask. You know something? That was never in the history of the world. It's not even in the Bible that masks do jack for you, except cut off your oxygen. Some people suffer from hypoxia. If you do not get enough oxygen, you know what happens? You get cancer. What a coincidence when you want to reduce the population of the world. So she endorsed, she came in and did the mandates, the full mandates after Trump went out. And remember, we endorsed, they wanted everybody to get the jab. You know what she said? And, and in this clip I'm going to play for you, uh, it's going to talk about, I'm not going to talk too much about it because I don't want to double up here. I got other things to talk about. A few days after they discovered the Pfizer documents that said the shot would damage babies and damage women, damage their menstrual cycle, damage all kinds of stuff having to do with production of children miscarriages, all kinds of stuff. She knew those facts, and she endorsed the jab for ladies in, that are pregnant. This gal is trouble, man. And and I am thanking God that, that she's re- resigned. And the hypocrisy of this is that Joe Biden just said she's a wonderful person. She saved so many lives. What a lie, 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 lie. She led a complex organization on the front lines of a a once-in-a-generation pandemic. These guys created this. She didn't respond to something. These guys created this. She said, he said, she acted with honesty and integrity. Oh, my God. She marshaled our finest scientists. We don't have finest scientists. We got Anthony Fauci, one of the biggest liars, scammers, murderers, murdered thousands of people that were struggling with HIV. Holy mackerel. This guy is such a criminal. This guy is a is more sophisticated criminal than anybody we got locked up in the United States. You seen these people lie before the Senate subcommittees? Whoa. 
They are like pros. They are what they call con men and women. She's re resigning from her position. Right as the emergency, you know, so COVID and the government just got a gig going. They got they negotiated it into COVID. And all of a sudden, uh, COVID is over and every, everybody is happy days and all that kind of stuff. One guy said, there are some rules about COVID that science has taught us, wrote one com commentator. You're in danger when entering a restaurant without a mask as COVID will attack you. But once you sit, reach the table and sit down, you're good to go. Take your mask off. Did you remember that rule? Another person said COVID knows how to attack when you were sitting down to eat dinner and you were safe in a crowd that is not masked as long as that crowd is engaged in a liberal violent protest or a socialist activity such as riot, burning down a police station or something like that. COVID is you're good with COVID. You got an immunity. COVID never attacks people engaged in those activities. Unbelievable. Walensky is gone. I think the fact when, you know, the Pfizer people did not want any of their records about their testing on the vaccine or their production of the vaccine to come out for 75 years when all us are dead. Why? Because they're criminals. <laughs> A judge says, no, nope, you're going to have to give us this many each month on the last tranche of, of stats came out all the stuff on maternity issues came out and how many women lost their babies in the in the tests and they wouldn't report it they hid it walensky knew it and went out and and and, con and confirmed to good-hearted patriotic women no problem take take the jab do you know the, that babies are dying and being sick by drinking mother's milk that's been jabbed I'm just telling you what I'm telling you what Pfizer and these people are saying on their records. I'm not making something up. And I, I had dinner with a couple that uh, listened to the show that we we had dinner the other night together. They're a wonderful couple in the Sutter County area. And and they it just broke my heart. They telling me friends of theirs that had died after taking the jab when they tried to tell them, don't take the jab, don't take the jab, don't take the jab. They took the jab because their doctor said so or something and they died. You think Dr. Lou's going to talk about that? Nah, Dr. Lou. All right. She endorsed that old jab for everybody. We're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, I'm going to play a clip uh, that's going to take uh, quite a bit of the segment. So just, uh, it's going to be very entertaining. So hang, hang tight with me. How many times must I tell you, babe? How many bridges I've got to cross? How many times must I explain myself? Or I can talk. I want to get to this young boy because it's so strange to think that we've jumped into a society where people, where, where children are getting into trouble for acknowledging reality. And this really happened to this young boy. He was sent home from school. He 
is only 12 years old and he was sent home because he wore a t-shirt that said, there are only two genders. This is a Massachusetts middle school student. His name is Liam Morrison. And I want you to listen to him recounting this in his own words to the school board. Take a listen. In the seventh, 10th grade at Nichols Middle School, I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you today. I never thought that the shirt I wore to school on March 21st would lead me to speak with you today. On that Tuesday morning, I was taken out of gym class to sit down with two adults for what turned out to be a very uncomfortable talk. I was told that people were complaining about the words on my shirt, that my shirt was making some students feel unsafe. Yes, words on a shirt made people feel unsafe. They told me that I wasn't in trouble, but it sure felt like I was. I, told, I was told that I would need to remove my shirt before I could return to class. When I nicely told them that I didn't want to do that, they called my father. Thankfully, my dad supported my decisions and came to pick me up. What did my shirt say? Five simple words. There are only two genders. Nothing harmful, nothing threatening. Just a statement I believe to be a fact. I have been told that my shirt was targeting a protected class. Who is this protected class? Are their feelings more important than my rights? I don't complain when I see pride flags and diversity posters hung throughout the school. Do you know why? because others have a right to their beliefs just as I do. Not one person, staff, or student told me that they were bothered by what I was wearing. Actually, just the opposite. Several kids told me that they supported my actions and that they wanted one too. I experienced, wait a moment. I was told that the shirt was a disruption to learning. No one got up and stormed out of class. No one burst into tears. I'm sure I would have noticed if they had. I experienced disruptions to my learning every day. Kids acting out in class are a disruption, yet nothing is done. Why do the rules apply to one, yet not another? I feel like these adults were telling me that it wasn't okay for me to have an opposing view. Their arguments were weak, in my opinion. I didn't go to school that day to hurt feelings or cause trouble. I have learned a lot from this experience. I learned that a lot of other students share my view. I learned that adults don't always do the right thing or make the right decisions. I know that I have a right to wear those five, a shirt with those five words. Even at 12 years old, I have my own political opinions, and I have a right to express those opinions. Even at school, this right is called the First Amendment to the Constitution. My hope in being here tonight is to bring the school committee's attention to this issue. I hope that you will speak up for the rest of us so we can express ourselves without being pulled out of class. Next time, it may not only be me. There might be more students that decide to speak out. Thank you for your time and good night. Just such an incredible speech. Uh, so well written. It's, it's, he's delivering it in a, a very good manner. And here's the reality. If you are a child and you follow the rules, if you are a child and you, be in and you believe in reality, you now can face consequences at school, right? Because they are so worried about accepting mental illness that they're starting to punish people who don't have it. I like that he points to the fact that people are allowed to fly their pride parades. That is their belief. Maybe this young boy is a Christian. Is he allowed to say that he finds it to be disruptive to his learning environment when he sees somebody wearing a pride flag? Absolutely not. They would tell him that this is a, this is a protected space. The truth is, is that they're willing to protect every strange mentally ill group, but they will not protect people who believe in reality. That's the truth. That, that, that is the entire circumstance in America, that if there's nothing wrong with you, you are somebody that is a threat to everybody else. And 
we are living in a live insane asylum. I love that he talks about how there's disruptions of people, fistfights, people that are arguing, people that are talking in class, and nobody cares. He has to sort of deal with that circumstance day in and day out. And yet he wore a shirt, a basic fact. In fact, he shouldn't have had to wear it. He should have been learning it in school. <laughs> he should have been learning in school, the school that you're sending him to, if the school is basing its self in reality, if it's basing its lessons in reality. These are things that he shouldn't have had to wear, but that should have been being taught. I worry about what it is that children are learning now in schools. I, th I think the overarching theme is that your feelings matter more than the facts. And him being sent home is an absolute atrocity. I'm proud that his father supported him. It's the number one thing that I encourage to my listeners. If you are a parent to a young child that is in the school, you need to be their partner, and you need to be their greatest defender. It is the only way that we get to combat this lunacy. So kudos to his father for supporting him and then taking it a step further to make sure that what happened to this young boy was heard by the entire school board in Massachusetts. In the morning, you go saying ebonics oh by the way oh i hope i can get to this one segment on the black education or charter school education do you know that black people didn't speak english when they came to this country where did they get come up with ebonics and all this trash talk <laughs> did the democrats teach them that they didn't get taught taught all that crummy english in, in our schools did they i don't know it's shameful all right so um Check out Greenitz Construction if you want a... I've just been checking out his work, his kitchens and baths. They've been popping up on Facebook lately, so uh, I've been giving them a high sign. Wow, 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 or a love, or uh, beautiful, right? GreenitzConstruction.com or Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page. That's green with E-T-Z on the end, GreenitzConstruction.com. If you want, if you're going to spend the money, and it's expensive doing construction nowadays, but if you're going to go for it, Make sure you get somebody that's honest. They're going to respond. They're going to get you done quick. They're going to do a great job. They're going to keep things clean, tidy. You're not going to get any weird surprises at the end. You're always going to be able to get a hold of them. Boom, 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 fast. So you can reach them off either of those platforms, and they will take care of your business. They'll, they'll chat with you if you want to talk to them, or you can text back and forth. You can see lots of photographs there of what they've done around the community. And uh, or you could dial dial them old school or text them at this number five three zero six eight two nine six zero two and begin the process to have a brand new part of your house five three zero six eight two nine six zero two. I'm going to play a clip here that I think is going to blow your mind. Coming right up. Welcome back. This network presented the film Died Suddenly, a creation of Matt Scow and Nicholas Stumphauser, some of the greatest documentarians alive. It was the film of a generation, a film that saved countless millions of lives. And we presented that film because we knew with absolute 100% conviction that this was always about an intentional mass murder, a genocidal level kill-off. We knew with 100% certainty that this was about depopulation. We were called every name in the book, conspiracy theorists. We were attacked relentlessly by the fake, criminal, lying, murderous press. A most recent one by BBC. 
And now we have proof that they too knew all along. All the way back in early 2021, the FDA and Pfizer both knew that the COVID-19 injections posed a direct threat to fetuses and newborn infants. In February of 2021, the data made it clear. Pregnant women who got the shot were more likely to miscarry or suffer other complications that could harm or kill their babies. Out of 458 pregnant women in the sample test population, 248 of them, more than half, reported having some kind of serious adverse event. In 51 cases, more than 11% of all of the pregnant women in the study, that adverse event was a spontaneous abortion. In other words, a miscarriage. In other words, a murdered baby. They knew, period. But instead of telling the truth, they lied. Pfizer fudged their numbers by saying that the women suffering miscarriages had had COVID instead. And they claimed the women had other irregular medical histories that made their miscarriages more common. Having delivered those lies, having delivered their excuses, they pressed ahead anyways with a mass vaccination campaign for everyone, including infants and pregnant women. They told pregnant women explicitly, go and get injected. Along with all of the people dying suddenly, we now have a massive human sacrifice in the form of thousands and thousands of miscarriages and stillbirths and premature births resulting in death or severe handicaps of babies. It's a mass murder event that would be without precedent in our society, except that our elites actually perpetuate mass murder of children with shocking regularity. Dr. Naomi Wolf is closely covering this story, and she joins us now. Naomi, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean, this is a mass murder, a sacrifice of children happening. And the, the worst part is this was done with a forethought, with premeditation. They did this knowing it was going to kill babies. Yeah, I, I can't in, in any way uh, dilute the strength of how you're summarizing this, because this is uh, evidence, indeed, as you say, of a, a mass murder of, of children and fetuses um, that Pfizer knew about and a poisoning of breast milk that Pfizer knew about. And and it seemed kind of um, intended to elicit, at least from the documentation that we've seen. So to give your readers this update or your viewers this update, it's absolutely tragic. This is report 69 of our War Room Daily Clout Pfizer Documents Research Volunteers Analysis, these 3,500 medical and scientific experts who are under the leadership of Amy Kelly, our COO, reading through this tranche of tens of thousands of documents. And a new tranche was released just last month, Stu, and it resulted in this bombshell report. Pfizer and FDA knew, as you said, in early 2021, more than two years ago, that the mRNA COVID vaccine caused dire fetal and infant harms, including death. Three days after this report was completed, Rochelle Walensky hosted a White House press conference to tell women who were pregnant to get vaccinated and claimed that it was safe. And she had this report showing dead babies, dead fetuses, injured fetuses, injured babies right in hand. So just to give you the details, this uh, eight-page shocking document that was released is, and it's an internal Pfizer document. They never thought anyone would see it. They, you know, the FDA asked the court to keep this document hidden for seventy-five years. It is titled "Pregnancy and Lactation Cumulative Review," and the time span is from the beginning of the uh, development of this vaccine to 
the 20th of April, 2021, when Robert T. Morocco approved that review, looked at it, saw the dead babies, saw the injured babies, saw the miscarriages, said fine, moved it along to FDA, FDA gave it to CDC. Three days later was the White House press conference telling women to get vaccinated who were pregnant. This document is among the most horrifying yet to emerge into public view. It reveals that both Pfizer and the SDA knew about this horrible damage to fetuses and babies uh, over two years ago. They tabulated adverse events, as you said, in over 54% of the cases of maternal exposure to the vaccine. Now, I want to really call attention to something terrifying here. Pfizer says maternal exposure during pregnancy, before pregnancy, this is important because elsewhere in the documents, Pfizer defines exposure to the vaccine as including sexual intercourse of unvaccinated women with vaccinated men. So Pfizer knew that there's something in the semen of vaccinated men or in skin contact and inhalation of vaccinated people that sheds, that damages um, pregnancy and childbirth and lactation. That's what they were looking for. Pfizer's tally of damages to fetuses and babies includes 53 reports or 21% of the total of babies and moms that they looked at of spontaneous abortion, 51 abortion, one abortion missed following the vaccination. And a missed abortion is an empty gestational sac, a blighted ovum or a fetus or fetal pole without a heartbeat. Fetal tachycardia, irregular heart rate faster than 180 beats per minute that required early delivery delivery and hospitalization of the affected newborn for five days. Six premature labor and delivery cases resulting in two newborn deaths, two dead babies. Cause of death for one baby, quote, was cited as extreme prematurity with severe respiratory distress and pneumothorax. The other one, according to Pfizer, was, quote, premature baby less than 26 weeks with severe respiratory distress and pneumothorax. Now I'm gonna take a minute to explain why this is so terrifying, this note. Pneumothorax is when there's an air pocket between the lung of a tiny baby and the chest wall of a tiny baby. And Pfizer knew more than two years ago that two babies were hospitalized or died from this condition. Well, I just did, did an interview last week with a, a nurse midwife, distinguished nurse midwife, Ellen Jasmer in Northern California, who said she's seeing this at an extremely elevated level now. Baby looks fine, goes home. Within a day, the baby is struggling for breath, rushed to the hospital with, with respiratory distress. Pfizer knew that their tiny little lungs would leak air after the moms got injected and, and endanger their lives or kill them. Um, it's not just fetuses and newborns that... Pfizer calmly noted were being damaged in the company's internal records. Pfizer also recorded multiple harms to babies through the milk of vaccinated moms. And here, 19% of the babies uh, exposed to their mom's vaccinated breast milk, their vaccinated mom's breast milk, were recorded as suffering from 48 different categories of adverse bad events. And here you see one of the most chilling things. It's the second such chart in the Pfizer documents, it's a chart of horrible things that nursing from vaccinated moms did to the babies that they were that they were scrutinizing. And the reason I say this is so chilling is that earlier I told your audience about a similar chart where they tabulated horrible things they knew the vaccine did to women's menstrual cycles. Uh, similar kind of 
very scientific sounding chart, 10,000 women bleeding every single day, uh, 5,000 women with horrible blood clots, you know, 2,000 2, women with, you know, no menstrual cycles at all. They're, they did it the same, the same way, but this is tiny babies, pyrexia, fever, irritability, headache, rash, diarrhea, illness, suppressed lactation, breast milk discoloration of the moms, infantile vomiting, peripheral coldness, utic urticaria, hives, vomiting, abdominal discomfort, angioedema, swelling, um, dysphonia, a hoarseness, their vocal cords are, are struggling, eruptation, uh, nosebleeds, uh, droopy eyelid, facial paralysis, swollen lymph nodes. These are tiny babies, skin exfoliation and vision blurred. Their skin is peeling off. Some of the baby suffering was even more serious. 10 serious adverse events. This is Pfizer's language from, quote, exposure via lactation. This includes a 15-month-old infant vomiting, experiencing its skin peeling off and irritability while being breastfed. Uh, we don't know if the baby recovered. A nine-month-old infant um, with a rash and urticaria a day after exposure. Um, an eight-month-old infant, infant with angioedema, swelling of the lower layer of skin and tissue from nursing, uh, two cases of, quote, illness after exposure to breast milk, a three-month-old required hospitalization for six days post-exposure to vaccinated mom's breast milk. So they knew that the lipid nanoparticles, this industrial fat covered in polyethylene glycol, this petroleum byproduct, we're getting into the breast milk of vaccinated moms, a story we broke like eight months ago, but now Pfizer's internal documents showed that they knew this was happening. They were poisoning vaccinated moms' breast milk and endangering and hospitalizing babies who were doing nothing more than nursing from their moms. And three days later, again, the CDC told moms it was safe and you should do it. And then they concluded uh, the sponsor will continue to monitor and it's important to note that the spontaneous safety database is intended for hypothesis generation and not hypothesis testing, meaning they're looking away from all the damage that they uh, recognized and witnessed and intended inexplicably uh, in spite of the fact that she had a report saying these babies died and got sick. Dr. Walensky held a White House press conference three days later in which she recommended that pregnant women get mRNA vaccinated and said it was safe. We knew it. And these people attacked us. They attacked us, died suddenly, not only the embalmers, but you have a 43-year-old OBGYN, 43-year, rather, OBGYN, saying that he's never seen anything like this, that this is a Seven Sigma event. He's never seen anything like this. We had Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Teresa Long. Uh, she said, Every time I see a newborn baby, I just drink it up because I believe that it's going to become a rarity. People wrote us off as conspiracy theorists for that film died suddenly. We were saying all of this. Naomi, you were saying this. Uh, you know, Dr. Jane Ruby was saying this. Karen Kingston was warning of this. Dr. David Martin was warning of this. I mean, we, we have been saying this. And so now we see that with a forethought, and it's not shocking. It's not shocking that they did this. Why? Because they're a murderous regime. And we've been saying that as well. We live under the empire of lies. But it is, it is, it is not shocking and it is not surprising uh, at all. But she knew. And so if Rochelle Walensky knew as the head of the CDC and went ahead and re recommended three days after reading what you just read to our audience, and she went ahead and recommended this, then what other proof do we need that this is premeditated mass murder? I... 
I don't I don't think there can be I mean it's an open and shut case there can't be any more definitive proof I mean this is like seeing the plans to kill a bunch of babies you know and as I've said in earlier interviews the, that expression it's not a bug it's a feature I mean now we have the smoking gun you know it's not like this is a greedy company that uh, went ahead and happened to have created something that had side effects that killed babies, and then they stopped everything and pulled it off the market. No, the way this document is structured, and you can see it for yourself, it's pinned right there, the whole document on dailycloud.io, a seven-page document, is that it's an experiment designed to ensure that babies died. Yeah. Somebody needs to take that report from dailyclout.io. Somebody needs to take that report or millions of you need to take that report and go directly to your law enforcement authority, go directly to your sheriff. There should be an arrest warrant issued for Rochelle Walensky by the end of today. There's just, I mean, there's, immediately. there's immediately, there's without a doubt, she should be arrested and awaiting trial. Uh, I mean, basically it's, it, I'm sorry, but just to elaborate, I mean, I, of the people that you've named, I've been the most hesitant to say it's depopulation, it's intentional yeah. until I have the evidence in front of me. There's no way, this is now the evidence in front of me. Uh, everything looked like it was heading in that direction from the Pfizer documents that we've brought to the world, but this is definitive 150% proof that they designed this injection to kill and injure babies and and that it was it's a really ingenious way to kill a big population because it's basically poisoning semen and poisoning breast milk and poisoning the amni you know amniotic fluid um and and doing it uh in in the guise of a medical intervention so it's like it's a lot like um I mean, the Holocaust, you know, you've got to just think back. It's a lot like, oh, it's a shower. No, it's a gas chamber, right? Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a syringe full of something that will help you. No, it's actually a poison that's going to kill your baby um, without any fingerprints. That's what we're looking at. These people are the devil incarnate. Uh, Naomi, well, thank you so much for being here with this horrifying report. We appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much, Stu. Thanks for covering it. Of course. Meanwhile, you won't hear a peep about any of this on legacy cable broadcast news. You won't hear about this on the Fox News channel. You won't hear about this on major networks. The BBC won't tell you about this. Even many so-called conservative alternative media outlets are too cowardly to tell you the truth about these shots. Meanwhile, tens of millions of people viewed our documentary died suddenly. Millions more viewed our previous productions, Watch the Water and These Little Ones. Well, now later this month, it's time for our next documentary production. Take a look. Still really just in the beginning of it is the scientific revolution. Humankind gains immense new powers, such big powers that you can say they might really transform us, not only from just apes into the rulers of the planet. They might transform us into God. I think it's important to understand that we are in the middle of World War III. In the very near future, you're going to start hearing this new term, directed evolution. Directed evolution. Directed evolution. Moderna says on their website that the mRNA are software programs. They can be pre-programmed or they can be programmed from outside sources. Nobody was told they were injected with electromagnetic devices. Imagine a biological computer that operates inside a living cell. When I read through the patents for the mRNA technology vaccines, they did not read as a vaccine. 
They read his bio. The difference of this fourth uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. Shall we play a game? It changes you. Who masters those technologies will be the master of the world. That film, Final Days, is our most ambitious production yet. Because it goes way beyond just the vaccines. This film touches the World Economic Forum, transhumanism, directed evolution, the basic idea of what it is to be human, and how global elites want to change that. Final Days comes out later this month. Don't miss it exclusively here on the Stu Peters Network. All right. Well, you'll have to decide whether you believe that the exposure uh, that these doctors just uh, provided from the Pfizer files. Those are from Pfizer's own files. And... uh, you can actually see the Stu Peters show where they showed, as they talked about them, they showed the actual files. Uh, you could read them right on the screen very easily. They just scrolled them very slowly up the screen. So check that out, and uh, that probably led to Rochelle Walensky's resignation. We're going to be right back for our last segment. It's a hard world to get a break in. All the good things have been taken. But girl, they always in these rags I wear sable someday hear what I say I'm gonna ride the serpent no more jobs for blue collar workers in this nation are valuable resources the livelihood and well-being of American families are valuable resources The ability of America to have our own industry and not be dependent on China is a valuable resource. Why should those things for millions of Americans be sacrificed in in favor of your agenda for radical climate change? Uh, There's like 1.9 jobs for every American in the country right now. So I know there's a lot of jobs. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're telling me (laughs) you're telling me we've got too many jobs in the country. Well, I'm saying that we don't have enough people. That's why we are. And you're sitting here and telling me that we have too many jobs in this country. Are you serious? We are moving forward. We're doing our jobs. We're fulfilling our mission. For You're the not moving forward. You're moving backward. You're shutting down and denying permits for mines in this country where we can develop our own resources. You're shutting down oil and natural gassing permits. You're, you're approving taxes and royalties that deliberately suppress American energy development in favor of a climate change agenda. And now you're sitting here and telling me we've got too many jobs in this country. We've got gobs of jobs in this country. We don't need any more jobs in this country, which is when it comes to blue collar workers in this country, you're on your own. Good luck. Good luck to you. We got plenty, you know, just shut up and go get a job at McDonald's, you know, whatever. There is, um, uh, unfortunately, a dearth of legacy pollution in this country. Those are jobs, good-paying, well, well-paying jobs with benefits that Americans are having because of President Biden and his policies, and we're proud to move those issues and those programs forward for the American people. My, my time has expired. I, I'll just say in conclusion again. Trading off American energy security in favor of your radical climate change agenda Losing, shutting down good-paying American jobs in our energy sector and then saying the explanation is we've got plenty of jobs in this country, I think, is the most potentially, 
And this is quite, this is quite a high bar, I might add. The most unbelievable statement I have heard from a member of this administration. Okay, APS, we're not going to let you come in for taking everybody's money. We're not going to let you happen. We're not going to let it happen. Because that has, that's a protection under the Constitution. If someone is, is violating your rights as, as a citizen, it's my duty to see that those rights are protected. Who's the ultimate authority in your county? The federal government or you? As far as law enforcement, I am. There were about 3,700 free blacks who owned 12,000 slaves, black slaves. The question is, do the descendants of those free blacks who owned black slaves, do they pay? Blacks really benefited more the first 100 years after slavery we have in the last 50 years. I was born in 1937 during the Depression. Everyone in my small, low-income black community, 98% of the households had a man and a woman raising children. Elderly people could walk safely in that community without fear of being assaulted by their grandchildren. Never heard a gunfire during that time. Never heard of a child being uh, shot to death in the crib. But there are 50 children today who have been shot and killed in our cities. You're talking about remedies. We've got to look beyond saying that, that every solution has to have a, a, a winner and a loser, that blacks can only benefit if whites lose. We have to be defined more than just victims of oppression. our sixth segment and uh, our uh, final guy that's uh, made a difference for us here on this show is the plumbing doctor and that's Ted Holmes who been a lifelong almost a lifelong friend for me the last half anyway most of the last half and uh, he has a number of businesses in town he could also use some help if you're looking for a job uh, he runs the plumbing doctor but he also runs Ted Holmes construction and also lift off floor removal and uh, so the plumbing doctor has uh, service vans in the Yuba Sutter area. And like lots of other plumbers, they respond 24 hours a day, seven days a week, get it on, solve your problem. They also have the ability to do some remodel. If you need to get into the walls or tear out something, they can put it back together, take it out, put it back together, rework things for you. Uh, and so you can reach them very easily. They have a dispatch center at 530-671-9111, 530-671-9111. And they will take good care of you. They're honest, good people. Um, so I want to mention to you uh, that if you have a need for, uh, I mentioned earlier about drug addiction, but if you have, have a need for Narcan, that's a used to be only available on ambulance rigs uh, where they would it would inject you with Narcan to keep you uh, bring you back from an overdose where you're dying from an opiate. And uh, now we have Narcan that's being distributed uh, and it's a, a prescription you can get and squirt it up the nose. And so um, a friend of mine that became a friend of mine that wanted to do this, uh, she and I 
made an arrangement to the state of California. So we're getting uh, prescriptions given to us for Narcan. So if you know of addicts that are using, they're actively using, and you want to try to protect them until we can get them to not use, it's a way to keep people alive. Some people, you think, oh, well, they deserve it. Well, we've all made mistakes. I'm sure you, you've driven drunk if you're if back in the, your younger, younger days. And some people drive drunk one time and die. Uh, other people drive drunk all the time. You know, if we make mistakes, jump off high buildings into pools and stuff like that. So, uh, but what's going on right now with opiates and other, even smoking weed, they go weed, you know, my kids, kids I talk to in juvenile hall and stuff, they don't even consider weed in the drug category. I don't agree, but it doesn't make any difference here. The problem is that they're sprinkling fentanyl into the weed and uh, it's much more addictive and it can kill you. So just a couple flakes or a couple grain, grains of fentanyl in anything can kill you. You might think, oh, I'm just going to smoke some weed. I'm going to take some Xanax. I'm going to do this. I'm going to that. Somebody say, gives some of these, oh, these are downers, whatever, whatever they call them nowadays. And all of a sudden, th- there's some fentanyl in that product. It's going to kill you. So it's nice to have some, um, if you're in a user group, it's nice to have some Narcan around. So just give me a shout out at 530-713-1838. We're also uh, ordering and have on hand test strips where people can test their drugs to make sure that there's no fentanyl in their drugs. We have fentanyl strips and we've ordered some Trank scripts. Trank is is an abbreviation for tranquilizer. It's a large animal tranquilizer that actually... Uh, will just knock you out and uh, it's not an opiate it just knocks you totally out it's, it's uh, like an anesthetic but uh, the problem is that it causes your skin to, to deteriorate and start to abscess and uh, par- portions of the body I saw one lady with a, the end of her digit of her finger was gone it had ate off ate and eaten off they look like bed sores or you know it's it's gnarly so we're also getting some trank strips to test drugs to make sure uh, they're, they're getting what they want. Um, so you might think, oh, well, why do we want to help addicts? Well, the fact is that, that uh, a lot of my friends are former addicts, and uh, they get stuck. They get trapped in an addiction. In fact, you may have an addiction you don't want to talk about, uh, other type of addictions, embarrassing. Uh, and uh, some people have addiction to food. And they go in and have their stomach stapled, right? They do a lot of different things. People do a lot of different things to overcome a problem that's getting the best of them. So uh, anyway, we're working with people. We don't just have a small problem. We have a major, major crisis in the Yuba-Sutter County area. So somebody said to me the other day, hey, I want to help, help. Uh, I don't want to go out and hand out this stuff or mix it up with the addicts, but I want to help. Can I donate or whatever? And I said, yeah, you can donate. So... Uh, if that's you, if you have someone that's died from overdose, which most of us have at this time, and you want to contribute towards, we don't have any employees, we just are all volunteers, and uh, if you want to donate towards, and again, the state's providing us with Narcan, so what we're buying is the Trank strips and the fentanyl strips, and we're we're putting out advertising, literature, posters for people to call us, and we'll get them into a rehab. We're just not getting out, giving out stuff. We're, we're offering a resolution to their problem, getting them on medication, they'll stop the withdrawals, etc. 
So if you would like to help on that, uh, the Glad Church of Glad Tidings said they would provide a, a way to give on their website to us. That's the Narcan group. So if you go to churchofgladtidings.com, that's a website, and you click on donation or giving, there's usually some drop downs where you can give for specific projects. So Narcan or Narcan Angels should be listed there. And you could, uh, if you want to give, uh, and somebody from out, out of the area just randomly uh, saw our, uh, we note on the bottom of our leaflets, if you want to help this cause, uh, you can give over there. And then 100% of the money goes to buy supplies to help folks uh, help us do what we're doing. So we're doing outreaches to street people, helping with food, helping with hygiene uh, deals, giving them literature on where to get into a rehab, go to a clean and sober home, do this, do that, do the other thing. I just met a guy uh, yesterday in the Yuba County Jail, and uh, he's been on meth, and, uh, you know, he had a downturn in his life, lost his family, and uh, discouragement, started using meth, and uh, ended up in jail, but he uh, wants to turn, turn his life around. He's 30 years of age. And I got to talk to him. He reached out to me by mail. And, uh, you know, that's the way it is. You know, people want to, lots of us, our whole life isn't really smooth. Sometimes we hit, our, hit a rough patch, whether it's a divorce or we have cancer or, or we get caught up in alcohol or just something we, that nabs us in the butt, you know. So uh, anyway, that's that. And, uh Hey, if you want to, you know, if you're a praying person, why don't you pray for Randy Mitchell of Uppercut Barbershop? Randy is having a tough time, and and I was telling him today on the phone, I said, you know, Randy, the average person in Yuba Sutter area has no idea who you are or the fact that the state of California is trying to ruin your life and the life of your barbers. So uh, anyway, uh, he's just a guy that's trying to raise his kids, and uh, he's got some small kids and older kids and run five different shops and all the problems that come with employees not that they're bad employees just everybody's going through challenges in their life right and when you're an employer you kind of end up being a papa to all these people and uh so pray for randy that that this thing gets resolved at the local level we can't really we can pray for the what's going on at the state of california is pretty bizarre but at the local level we i've told the people that uh, oh by the way let me tell you about freedomco.net Freedom Coalition Network, that website, freedomco.net, please pay attention to that if you want to stay up with what's going on. And it will help you uh, be able to navigate the difficult times ahead. Why do I say that? Because you might think, do I know something? Yep, I do know something now. When we got into COVID, that caught me by surprise. Now I know what they're up to. And so I'm following it and... Uh, um, we're preparing as fast as we can to deal with controversy and difficulties. And uh, so I want you to pay attention and look at the right spots. And if you ever want to text me or call me and talk about things, some people do. They're trying to sort things out. They're trying to make decisions. They're trying to think about, you know, the things that are being said and not being said and whether it's true or not. Uh, we got it down. We can figure it out with you. And so give me a call at 530-713-1838, and I will uh, do my best to help give you some guidance. I, I ran into a lady from Loma Rica who recently I, I crossed paths with at church, 
and she'd been up there in Loma Rica, had it all figured out, the whole COVID thing, and just felt like she was the only one, didn't know anybody else up there. Her family didn't look at it the way she did. And now she's connected uh, down here in the valley and, and connected with uh, freedomco.net and wants to be a part of that to help people figure out what's going on, to get the light turned on. So I just want to encourage you to, this isn't a time to like, it, we're not going back to normal. There's no normal. There's no new, there's no going back to the, there, that doesn't exist anymore. You may call this a new normal or something, something. But uh, we're, we got a, we got a battle on our hands. We have a 1776 moment on our hands. In 1776, the big discussion, one of the big discussions was, if we throw down and draft and sign this Declaration of Independence, do we have the beef to stand behind it and fight it? And do we have people in our country of such moral character that they're not going to go sidewards on us? Now, they didn't expect 100% of the people to be with them. In fact, a lot of people just wanted to do same-o, same-o with England. But they had a revival. They had a religious revival during those times, and they got to a place where they felt people were in a healthier state than they once were. That's what happens when you have a revival in your life. And uh, you have a reformation or a renewal. Come-to-Jesus moment. And so they launched the uh, 1776 experience of uh, declaring their independence from the king. And if you if you take the time to look it up on the Internet and read it, it's uh, put yourself in their position. See if you'd have done it. Or or thrown in with them. The reason I bring that up is their their perspective and their mindset was one of of standing up and fighting and they wanted to be free of England and they felt that it was going to be a fight. And so they put their shoulder to the wheel. As someone once said, a lot of people want the wheel to go forward without putting your shoulder to it. And ain't happening folks. Now it's over the old days of America, just doing kind of same old, same old, you know, change a city councilman, city councilwoman here, there, change your politician here, there. It's super corrupt. When the FBI, you cannot count on the FBI. When you can't even trust an IRS agent. When Lois Lerner sits up there and takes the fifth years ago under Obama and lies, lies, lies. And now we see, now we're getting to see her documents coming out. And, and we what we suspected all along, we were exactly 100 percent correct on Lois Lerner she was a dirt bag along with Obama her boss and a bunch of other people now we know that the United States government has been uh, weaponized the bureaucracy is weaponized liberal and they don't want the Constitution if you don't want it you're in good stead I don't even know why you'd be listening to this show if you want the Constitution and you want the values that our, our forefathers fought for, and I'm talking about they didn't just vote on it and get it. They fought for it for years, years. And many of them lost everything. They lost their whole family. And the sad thing is we don't know about it. We're not teaching it. And so we've lost our history. I have some Mexican friends. They're wonderful people. 
known them for years. I have a lot of them. And one day, because I've always wanted to speak Spanish, I said to them, Rich, do you speak Spanish? He said, no, Lou, I, I don't speak Spanish. My parents always wanted all us kids to speak English at home. So my parents speak Spanish, but I know a little bit of Spanish, but I don't, I'm not fluent Spanish. His wife speaks fluent Spanish. She, she was raised a little bit different. And, it, and a light went on for me when he said that that day. And I thought, wow, that guy, his, his people were fluent in Spanish and in English. He could have had that, but his parents, through his encouragement of his parents, he just dropped Spanish, and in one generation, he lost a language. Man, a language. I know people that speak multiple languages. He lost his language, his heart language, in one year, one generation. And, and this is not a new thought. I, I'm, just, I'm just thinking about it. Ronald Reagan said we could lose our freedom. And, and there is no other country to go to. People think, oh, I'm going to move to so-and-so, and, and it's going to be free over there. It may be nice over there, and you may be out of the fray, but it ain't going to be free over there. There is no place like this, even with all the problems. And we have a choice. How it's going to turn out, I don't know. I'm not psychic. I'm not a prophet. But I will tell you this. I can guarantee how it's going to turn out if you do nothing about it. If you do not change your way, I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just saying all of us need to, to gear up. All of us need to gear up. And we need to fight like 1776. If we want to create an amazing government, an amazing culture like we had back in the day, and what grew this country to a, the, a spectacular country compared to the rest of the world. I'm not saying that other countries are bad. I travel. I like other countries. I like other cultures. I enjoy other cultures. If I felt called, I'd move in a heartbeat. If I felt God wanted me somewhere else, I'm here because God wants me to be here in Northern California at this time. I'm not, I'm not whining about it. I'm not complaining. I'm not, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not afraid of a fight, particularly when I know it's for a good cause. And I'm not talking about physical fighting, but, you know, uh, it could come to that. But I'm talking about a fight. And it could be a legal fight. It could be whatever fight. Uh, it could be a fight of having influence. That's why I'm doing these shows is to have influence. And I'm trying to help you get on board somewhere, wherever you are, get on board with a group of people and uh, and, and take a stand. I've told people in the freedomco.net here in Yuba Sutter counties, there's a number of Freedom Co. groups now in Northern California. And I said, listen, we need to think about where we live, Yuba, Sutter counties. If we can't make our Constitution work in Yuba, Sutter counties, it's over. It is over. Don't think you're going to change Washington, D.C. or some other state or California when you cannot do one thing to make a, a change in, in uh, Sutter County or Yuba County. If you don't like the way the Sutter County supervisors are voting— and the Yuba County Supervisor voting, we just need to replace them. And you can reverse a lot of the things that they created. We need to get out of the CalPERS, the California Public Employment Retirement System. I don't care what it takes. We need to get out of it. That's a Ponzi scheme. It's a, it's a scam that's been made legal by the, uh, the, the government. It's a scam, and it's, it's ruining our country. It's ruining the state, and similar programs are ruining the country. 
we need to change the way we uh, back law enforcement around here. We need to get the laws beefed up. We need to get rid of, if you don't like the way Southern Yuba County are being managed, you need to get out and not just vote. A lot of you don't even vote. We need to get out and get other people to vote the way we think and create a constitutional county. And that includes the sheriff. Thank God we've got sheriffs and uh, Wendell Anderson and Brandon Barnes. You may not, I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm not perfect. You may not like every decision they make, but they are basically constitutional sheriffs and, and we should be grateful for them and pray for them. It's a hard job. Every time I'm talking to one of them on the phone, I hate, I hate, talking to them in one sense because I've taken their time away from really important things they're working on. I know that their time is very uh, limited. So listen, people, uh, do something. If you want to get involved in freedomco.net, we meet we meet the first and uh, third Wednesdays of the month at Church of Glad Tidings. Just send me a text and we'll talk about it. Maybe it's not something for you. But we need people that are willing to go to the supervisors meeting, go to the city council meetings, report back, look into things, uh, root out things and uh, root out the corruption. We got to get rid of our our country was not designed to be corrupt. It does not. It's not going to flourish. It's going to be it's going to be coming down around all our our necks. So, uh, okay, so we're going to call it a day and. um, We'll be back next week, Lord willing, and I hope you enjoyed the clips this week and and the show, and uh, let's just stick together. As Benjamin Franklin said, let's uh, hang together or we're liable to hang apart. Uh, So God bless you and good night. dark sacred night and I think to myself